0: Are you ready for the word of the Lord this morning? Oh, something amazing is about to happen here. It's like I remember 32 years ago, April 32 years ago, the first time that I stepped into Valley Church and had the opportunity to meet Renee's family and experience the Valley experience, I would call it, where we got to feel and experience the presence of God like I'd never felt or experienced before, and got to meet a man who I had no problems learning to submit to, learning to follow his leadership, his commitment to God, a man who absolutely dedicated his life to Father God, to building that kingdom in his obedience, in his life. I just think, when I think of uh, a man that's dedicated his life entirely to the work of God, who has lived exactly what he's preached, been dedicated in every way, shape, or form to the Word of God, (laughs) to the wishes of God, to fully serving God, and to loving man loving his congregation, loving everyone that he came in contact with. And I just am so, so thankful for a very special anointing that this man carries. An anointing that's creative in every aspect of the words that come out his mouth, the vision that he's had. When I think this church that we see, every detail in this church was a vision in the creativity of this man. And I just want all of you to welcome right now (laughs) the father of this house, the original father of this house, who has again, I say, dedicated his life and carries a very, very special anointing, Pastor Norm Rudson.
1: is the day that the Lord has made. I will be glad in it. Is this working? This is a good day. Good day to be alive. Good day to know the Lord. And a good day to have good friends around you. You're a good looking bunch of people. I think it'd be good for you to turn to somebody on either side or one side and tell them you're a very special person. How do we all know? Did you want to say something? We want to express our appreciation for the Wonderful staff, wonderful people that lead you and minister to you and carry on the good work that the Lord's doing through this body of people. We appreciate them and thank them so very much. And uh, for those of you that may be here for the first time, we want you to be a stranger only once. And uh, stick around, get acquainted, and I think you'll find that you're among some of the most wonderful people that you'll find anywhere but especially in Treasure Valley uh, you're among good people. Praise the Lord. Are you glad you're here? These are very special times that we're in. I really don't think I have experienced times, days, or conditions that are comparable to what we are experiencing now. Some of you know that I personally feel like that we are in the last days. Now, we've heard that a long time. I can remember as a little kid going to church, and I can remember him preaching about the coming of the Lord, and it was going to be very soon, and And I really thought it was. Well, it doesn't make it uh, any less important that it's not happened yet. But I know that now I see a lot more signs than I did back then. And so uh, it's a good thing to know, Lord, and to be in fellowship with God and with his people. Once a year... We often tried to make this presentation to help make the observance of the Lord's Supper very real, special, and uh, make a uh, significant impact upon you. I'm glad for the sacrifice Jesus made for me on Calvary, aren't you? And, uh, Partaking of communion uh, every time is a very special time, but uh, my purpose and goal for this presentation is to provide a format to make the communion experience more meaningful and effective. I have prayed and I believe that God will today do some very special things for people here today. I would like for you to begin to extend your confidence and trust in the Lord. There are those of you here today that need God's healing touch. I'd like to stop and pray right now for a special need. I appreciate Lorelei and uh, Jared in helping on this uh, presentation, but uh, their family needs our prayers. Uh, Bethany suffered a uh, seizure, fell down stairs, broke a bone in her shoulder and in her neck, and uh, this is a very serious situation. I'd like for us to pray right now for Lorelei and uh, Bethany that God will touch her and heal her. This is part of what we're talking about today is his stripes were for our healing. God loves Bethany, and he's able to heal her right now. Would you agree with me? Extend your hand, would you, towards the Lord. And I ask you, Jesus, right now, Lord, to touch Bethany. I pray, Lord, that you would let your healing, miraculous touch be upon her. I pray, O God, that you would just correct and heal and mend Broken bones, injuries, whatever is needed this morning, I pray that your healing touch would be upon her. Lord, Lorelai, I pray that you would grant her, Lord, strength and encouragement. Thank you for your goodness, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name, amen. Could I have a bottle of water? <clears throat> Thank you. I trust today that this will be a fresh new experience of partaking of the communion. I trust that you'll experience a miraculous visitation of the presence of the Lord. That you could experience today a more personal relationship. I may be speaking to some people today who have sort of followed along in your family or friends, but you yourself personally have not had a real born-again experience with God. This is your day. Welcome to the house. Welcome to the table of the Lord. It's going to be different for you from this day forward. You can have an experience today that is more full and real. You can have a revelation of the understanding of God's love and grace and power. You can have an understanding today in a better way of how effective and real the remission and forgiveness of sins are. That's important. For there's no need for you to live another day under condemnation. There's no reason for you to live another day, uncertain, unsure, about your relationship with God and where you're going to spend eternity. You can settle that here and now, today. This can be your entry and your approach to the goodness and the grace of God. This could be this morning, the time of the restoration of your health and well-being, I'm confident, feel assured, that even right now, the Lord is waiting to touch those here today that need healing in your body, physically. Yes, you, my friends, are invited to the table of the Lord. Tables have always intrigued me. The family table, I think, is one of the most important and effective items in the house my wife always made our family table a cherished place i attribute the our family's good health to her delicious meals and the atmosphere that she helped create around our table the breakfast was where wisdom and instruction for the challenging day ahead was often provided supper time was always a special time when each one could share successes, failures, challenges, and receive commendation, counsel, and most often just some real fun, good times. I encourage all of you as families, don't neglect the family table. I know your schedules are busy. I know sometimes it's hard to find a time when all the families together, but Do everything you possibly can to have the time when your family sits down together and you can talk to each other, you can share your feelings, you can learn a lot, you can express a lot, and it'll mean so much to your family if you practice the family table. I recently realized that all three of our children have recently built beautiful new homes, and all three have one common design feature. The kitchen, dining, and living room are all one open space and feature a large, round, you guessed it, dining table. The table is a very special thing in our family. It's where we share and communicate. It's a wonderful time when we gather. Around the family table. Well. I want you to understand. We're family here today. We're God's family. And he's invited us to his house. And to share. The table with him. Today. So pull up a chair friend. Join us. At the table. Most of the world treaties and. Consultations involve a table. Most contracts and agreements that you make involve a table. Common expression is often heard, what do you bring to the table? My most impressive experience of of a negotiating table was when we met with the Council of Religious Affairs in Moscow, Russia. I had read the story of the Siberian 7 who had rushed and forced their way through the open gate at the United States Embassy in Moscow. And they refused to leave the embassy. And finally, the embassy gave them two rooms in the basement. And for the next four years, the Siberian 7 would stay in the basement rooms, refusing to leave the embassy until they would be granted permission to immigrate. It was a stress. It was a real means of, of a lot of consternation of, of Russia. And um, it was a big story worldwide as they uh, featured these Pentecostals uh, living in the basement of the embassy. We spent several days with them, singing, talking about the Lord, talking about their future, what God had in store for them. It was an experience that I'll never forget. And uh, when I had first read this in the parade magazine, I felt like something should be done. I approached the organization leaders of which we were affiliated at that time, And uh, they agreed something needed to be done, so they uh, appointed or sent sent three of their top officials, including the general superintendent, and they invited me to go along. It was a trip that I will never forget. And uh, the Lord helped us as we made our best effort to try to see what we could do to get these Pentecostals out of the basement. And uh, Luba, Lydia, uh, Lydia slept on the concrete floor. Luba slept on the washing machine and dryer on top of it. And the two rooms, and Maria Schmackala and her son had the one little room, and uh, the Sheikos, mother and father, and the two girls, or the uh, two girls had the other room. And uh, so, That was their plight. We uh, were able and managed to get to the Office of the Religious Affairs, which answers directly to the president. And uh, so we made our appointment to uh, meet with them. Uh, We were very anxious to be able to hopefully have some effect. Uh, We were invited in, made the uh, protocol Um, actions and expressed our uh, positions and uh, Then they motioned us to sit down at the table table was over against the wall chairs behind it and um, uh, We had to Get in behind it and when we pulled the chair back to sit down it put the chair against the wall and uh, as soon as we had sit down They stepped up to the table and shoved it against us. So they had us pinned against the wall. That's negotiations in the Soviet Union. An act of intimidation? Uh, You better believe it. Uh, We were pinned behind the the table, and uh, we began our negotiations. I was amused. At one point, I made the statement to the head official There was a dark cloud of public opinion over the Soviet Union regarding these Siberian Pentecostals. And he slammed his fist on the table and he said, let their God deliver them. I tried calmly to reply to him, well, sir, that just may very well happen. After we had returned home, it was within a number of weeks that the family was granted permission to emigrate. John and Jacob uh, came here to Caldwell, lived with us for a while. Uh, Luba, the sister, also came. I had went to the College of Idaho and approached them about the possibility of of, uh, some kind of a scholarship. She wanted to become a lawyer, but she hadn't graduated from high school. How was she going to get in college? There again, it was a table that I sat with in the office at the College of Idaho and asked for consideration. To my surprise, in a few weeks, they gave Luba a four-year full-ride scholarship to the College of Idaho. She completed and uh, finished her degree and uh, is now uh, an attorney. And uh, this is all because of considerations, negotiations, partly involving a table. It's important for us to understand the significance of a table. <clears throat> it's a uh, important thing to understand sometimes sitting at someone's table. Good conversations can be had on the street, somewhere in the neighborhood, but there's really no place to have an intimate and effective and fruitful experience and relationship sitting at a friendly table. One of the kindest and most honorable things you can do is to invite someone to sit at your table. And there break bread together. It's a uh, real thing to understand in scripture. It, there's a lot of tables in the Bible. And I, I don't want to take a lot of time for, for all of them. But uh, as you remember the first tabernacle. The first house that God planned with his people. Was a tabernacle in the wilderness. And there in that first Portable house was a table, the table of showbread, the type of the bread of life. David, in his beautiful description of his relationship with God, included table. He said of the Lord, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He talked about the streams, he talked about the green pastures. He talked about a lot of places and a lot of circumstances. But I think very special to David was when he said he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. David continued his value and appreciation of the table. As you remember, when he wanted to find a way to uh, honor uh, his former king and uh, his uh, children, and so he asked if there was any children remaining from the king that had so wrongly treated him. But David had a good, clean, right heart. And so they found Mephibosheth, the crippled son of Saul, And he invited him and brought him to his home, and they brought Mephibosheth in. His legs crippled, and he was lame and couldn't walk. And uh, David said, you will be at my table from now on. Come sit by me. Did you know that when you looked at the table where King David sat with Mephibosheth beside him, you couldn't tell there was anything wrong with Mephibosheth? I'll tell you something, sure, my friend. When you find your place at the table of the Lord, you're going to look just as good and nice as anybody else. With God, there's no respecter of persons. You may be here today feeling a little defective. You may not feel so beautiful or pretty. You you may not feel so qualified in a lot of ways. But I want you to know today, if you find your place at the table of the Lord... You'll be just as good as anybody else. You'll be just as happy as anybody else. And you can be just as fruitful as anybody else. And so it's a wonderful thing to be at the table of the Lord. Then there was the Gentile woman. A lot of things she didn't understand, but one thing she did understand when she was seeking healing for her children and, and for her daughter. And uh, the Lord said, that's the children's bread. But she understood the table. She says, even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from the master's table. And that precious mother received the healing of her daughter that day because she understood the table of the Lord. And so there's restoration. There's relationship. There's so much at the table of the Lord. You remember the story of after Jesus was crucified. That's past this uh, expression now, but that was after the resurrection. Remember that the men were walking down the road, kind of disillusioned, perplexed, not knowing just what to think or what to do. And this man joined them on the road to Emmaus. And their hearts burned within him as they talked with this man, and they talked about the things that just happened in the crucifixion. And Jesus acted like he was going to walk on by, but they said, well, why don't you come and stay and uh, have a meal with us? That was the wisest and the best thing that they had ever done. And so Jesus did. He went in, he sat down at the table, and they began to eat before they did, Jesus prayed. How would you like to have been there when Jesus prayed at the table? And when he prayed, something happened. Their eyes were opened, and suddenly they saw things as they really were. And their eyes were opened, and they understood, the scripture said. I believe right now, even this very moment, you may be right at the point or you're going to hear the words of Jesus at the table, and your eyes are going to be opened as well. It was the change of a lifetime for the man called Zacchaeus. He was just a little guy. He was short, couldn't see over the crowd, but he wanted to see Jesus so bad, and he climbed a tree. But Jesus saw him. Jesus sees you today. He saw you when you walked in the door. You may feel like you're inadequate, you're inferior. Maybe you don't add up as much as somebody else. But I want you to know Jesus knows you. Jesus is aware of you and your need and your desire today. And Jesus said, Zacchaeus, come on down. I'm going to your house today. And I believe it was at the table that they communicated. And Zacchaeus' heart was changed. He was a tax collector. His heart changed. His motives changed. He became a righteous, honest man of integrity. Why? Because Jesus was in his house at his table. I want you to know today at the table of the Lord, things can be completely different for you today. And so, my friend, I invite you to the table of the Lord. And so the Lord had called for them. And he said to Peter and John, go prepare a place where we will meet. You will find an upper room and go make ready there. You'll meet a man with a pitcher of water. Follow him and he will show you a large furnished upper room. And so preparations began for this gathering. It just didn't happen. It didn't just by chance come to being. I want you to know, friend, This meeting this morning didn't just happen. There's been people preparing, making ready. I did a little bit of studying and and calculating, and I figured that there is at least 250 hours of preparation for this meeting this morning, including the custodians, the teachers. Everybody that has a part, everybody that has responsibility. This meeting just didn't happen. This just didn't come about because somebody snapped their finger and say, let's do it. There was preparation. It was made ready. And so they made ready the house of the Lord and the table of the Lord. And so then they came. And they're coming now to join in this meeting. The disciples were glad to meet with Jesus. Persecution had become very hard. They was glad to see each other. was glad to have the opportunity to be with each other again. And so when they would greeted each other it wasn't long until Jesus came. And of course when Jesus comes it makes all the difference in the world. As you came in this morning Yes, you saw various people, some of your friends, people you're always glad to see. But isn't something special when we begin to worship and praise that we feel the presence of the Lord there? And so it is, Jesus came, and they rejoiced to see him. He out talked to them and asked them to sit at the table with him. He wanted to share some very intimate things. I'd like for you to consider right now the fact that you've been invited to the table of the Lord. Jesus has said to you today, come, come. Let us reason together. And so they sat at the table with the Lord. These were chosen men not perfect men. All of them would play a great role in the building of his glorious church. These were the foundation men. The church was to be built on the foundation of these apostles. They didn't realize, and did they know at this time, of what the calling of Christ would cost them. They did not know at this time just how great a price they would pay. Let me tell you what price these men paid. There was Matthew. He suffered martyrdom in Ethiopia, killed by a sword wound. There was Mark. He died in Alexandria, Egypt, after being dragged by horses through the streets until He expired and was dead. There was Luke. He was hanged in a, hanged in Greece in an olive tree as a result of his tremendous preaching to the lost. Then there was John. He faced martyrdom when he was uh, boiled in a large basin of boiling oil during a wave of persecution in Rome. However, he was miraculously delivered from death. John was then sentenced to the mines on the prison island of Patmos, and it was there that he wrote the prophetic book of Revelation on Patmos. The apostle John was later freed, returned to serve as a bishop of Edessa in modern Turkey. He died as an old man, the only apostle to die peacefully. There was Peter. He was crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross. According to church tradition, it was because he told his tormentors that he felt unworthy to die in the same way that Jesus Christ had died. James the Just, the leader of the church in Jerusalem, was thrown over a hundred-foot-high pinnacle of the temple when he refused to deny his faith in Christ, when they discovered that he had survived the fall, his enemies beat James to death with a fuller's club. This was the same pinnacle where Satan had taken Jesus during the temptation. Then there was James the Great, son of Zebedee. He was a fisherman by trade when Jesus called him, to a lifetime of ministry. As a strong leader of the church, James was ultimately beheaded at Jerusalem. The Roman officer who guarded James watched amazed as James defended his faith at his trial. The officer walked beside James to the place of execution and overcome by conviction, he declared his new faith to the judge and knelt beside James to accept beheading as a Christian. Then there was Bartholomew also known as Nathaniel. He was a missionary in Asia. He witnessed for our Lord in the present-day Turkey. Bartholomew was martyred for his preaching in Armenia where he was flayed to death by a whip. Then Andrew He was crucified on an X-shaped cross in Patras, Greece. After being whipped severely by seven soldiers, they tied his body to the cross with cords to prolong his agony. His followers reported that when he was led toward the cross, Andrew saluted, in these words, I have long desired and expected this happy hour. The cross has been consecrated by the body of Christ, hanging on it. He continued to preach to his tormentors for two days until he died. Thomas was stabbed with a spear in India during one of his missionary trips. And then there was Jude. He was killed with arrows when he refused to deny his faith in Christ. And of course, you remember Judas. He was the betrayer. And he hung himself after betraying Christ. Then Jesus abruptly said to the disciples, Behold, the hand of my betrayer is with me at the table. Startled and shocked, he began to say, who, Lord? Who is it? Is it I? And Jesus says, He it is whom I give this sop. What thou doest, do quickly. But others of the disciples, had issues they had to deal with also. There was a dispute among them of who should be considered the greatest. And they fussed and had contentions of their role and their relationship and what their position would be. But Jesus said to them, "'For who is greater, "'he who sits at the table or he who serves? "'Is it not he who sits at the table?' Yet I am among you as one who serves. Then the Lord went to Peter. Simon, Simon, indeed Satan has desired to have you, that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you, that your faith would not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Peter replied, Lord, I'm ready to follow you and go with you, both to prison and to death. Jesus answered Peter, Before the cock crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. Then Jesus took the towel. And this is what we are featuring today the ministry of the towel. We are very familiar with the cup and with the bread. Sometimes, very seldom, do we ever involve the ministry of the towel in observing the communion. And so Jesus took the towel, girded himself, and he poured water into the basin and motioned to Peter. And Peter explained, you're not going to wash my feet. Jesus answered, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said, Lord, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus then said, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. (coughs) Peter then said, Lord, not only my feet, but my hands and my head. And so Jesus washed his feet. I want you to imagine what it would have been, an experience it would have been, to feel the kind, tender hands of Jesus washing your feet. The hands that blessed the children that touched the blind eyes, and they were made to see. Those hands that took a boy's lunch and blessed it, distributed it to the disciples, and it fed 5,000. Those hands that not too long from this time would have nails pierced through them. Yet Peter felt those tender hands washing his feet. And so Jesus said, If I then, your Lord, have washed your feet, you ought to wash one another's feet. Did you catch that? Just as much as Jesus said, this is the covenant, the New Testament, it's my blood, my broken body. He also said, this is the feet that should be washed. You have the need to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. So, we've talked about the table, the bread, and the cup. It's always the focus of the Lord. But now, we go to the towel. In just a little bit you're going to receive a symbol of the towel. This is going to be foot washing week in Treasure Valley. You're going to go from this time around the table with the symbol of the towel. When you receive your towel, I want you to put it in your purse or in your pocket And I want you to put it wherever it's going to be noticeable. And whenever you see it, it's going to remind you. Jesus told me to wash one another's feet. Well, we don't wash feet anymore as they did in Bible days. But there's a lot of ways that you can wash someone's feet. A phone call. A kind word. A bouquet of flowers just a kind expression to them just a thoughtful deed it's something that you can do something that you can help to lighten someone's load and encourage them so when you receive your towel I want you to take it with you today and throughout this coming week maybe longer if you'd wish But whenever you see it on the refrigerator door, around the dash of your car, or on your tool bench, I want you to be reminded to wash somebody's feet this week. It'll leave an impact upon this community. It'll leave an impact on families in this valley. It'll leave an impact upon this city and this valley if we Will wash some feet this coming week. And so now the disciples will serve you the cup and the bread. So here we are, still round the table, and we're getting ready to break bread with Jesus. I'd like for you all to stand. I'd like for the ladies to please find your place. We need the towels, please. As you come by for the communion this morning, I want you to extend your arm. Now that's a simple act, but it's a symbol. It's your commitment. It's your dedication. It's your way of saying, I will serve. So extend your arm as you come by and they will place symbol of a towel across your arm and then go back to your seats where you're at so as we normally do go to your right and come by and receive the communion this morning and then return to your seat The scripture says, when we partake of the communion, that we should examine ourselves. Some people are reluctant to take communion because they don't feel they're worthy or they failed in some way. I want you to understand that you will never be worthy in yourself to partake of the body and the blood of Jesus. He was the one that took care of that. I want you just to be ready to commit yourself to the Lord. This is your commitment to serving the Lord. Yourself, if there's anything in your heart that's not right, now is the time, the good time, for you to commit that to the Lord. That's what this is all about. These men that Jesus invited to the table were not perfect men, they had their faults, their failures, but they loved the Lord and they had a heart for God so as you're in the process today of receiving this communion it's what God has offered and provided for you there's forgiveness there's restoration there's renewal there's understanding something great's going to happen for you today at the table of the Lord. someone this week i'll wash someone's feet this week i'll say a kind word i'll do a kind deed i will help to lift their load i will speak words of encouragement to them i will be used of you lord to wash someone's feet this week. Be around the table of the Lord. It's here that we find encouragement. It's here that we find guidance and wisdom and understanding. So I think we have all been served. Is there any who have not been served? All right. disciples will return to the table with the Lord, and we're ready to partake of the sacrament. And so Jesus took the bread and he blessed it. It's going to be important for us to understand the significance of this. And I'd like for you to be seated at your place at the table. What an honor to be at this table. What a marvelous thing it is that you've been given the opportunity and the privilege of partaking of the sacrament together. And so as you have searched your heart and you have contemplated the sacrifice Jesus made for you and what was provided for you. We're about ready to partake of the bread and so I want you with all of your heart to believe in the power of the broken wounded body of the Lord and Jesus took the bread and blessed it he said take eat this is my body which is broken for you. So partake of the broken body, understanding that while that dissolves in your mouth that represents your healing, your victory, your encouragement, your strengthening, the healing of your affliction. Hallelujah. I declare and I say right now in the name of Jesus, I declare and I speak healing, healing, Lord, upon your people as they partake of your broken body, as they practice, Lord, belief and faith in the stripes by which we are healed. I say in the name of Jesus, be healed. Be healed. Be healed be healed in the name of Jesus. And then Jesus took the cup and he blessed it. He said, this is my blood, which was shed for many for the remission of sins. This do in remembrance of me. And so friends of Jesus, Sitting at his table, partake of the cup, the symbol of his shed blood, as you do. Forgiveness, forgiveness, cleansing, the washing of his blood is taking place right now. Hallelujah. Sitting there at the table, would you just lift your hand? Would you just lift your hand to the Lord? Would you accept and receive his forgiveness, his restoration, his renewal for any wrong, any transgression, any sin? It is forgiven in the name of Jesus. It is washed and made clean through the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. What can wash away my sin nothing but the blood of jesus oh what can make me whole again nothing but the blood of jesus let's stand and lift our hands sing it as a praise to the lord what Can wash away my sin Oh, nothing but the blood of Jesus Whatever failure, whatever shortcoming you experienced Put it under the blood right now
2: Hallelujah, hallelujah But the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again?
1: He's making you whole.
2: Nothing but the blood of Jesus.
1: With raised hands, let's exalt the Lord. Let's praise you. Let's thank you. Express with words that come from your heart your gratitude, your thankfulness, your love, your worship to the Lord. I say may the lord bless you and keep you may he make his face to shine upon you may you walk this week in the joy and the favor and the goodness of the lord may your home be filled with words of praise and gratitude may your work be fruitful and productive may your family be strengthened and any broken cords of relationship be healed this week. May goodness and grace follow your steps throughout the week. And may the Lord's face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may you walk in the glory and the favor and the goodness of the Lord throughout the week. In Jesus' name, everybody said amen. Praise God.